When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and these are Daniel Howitt's interviews with the stars from Flora and Son, Eve Hewson and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Young Max, one more offense and you'll be behind bars. Flora, you're his mother. Find him something to do. What are you doing right now? You don't want to know. You are a great mother. Am I? Happy birthday. What's that? It's yours. Don't want to play. Since when am I guitarist? I can't go on like this, living in a shoebox with a kid who hates me. I can't wait for the day I don't have to be here. Go on! Go back to your dad! I might learn the guitar myself. That's just too funny. It takes years of practice, commitment. Are you really going to talk to me about commitment? We're ready to teach you how to shred the knob on guitar. So you want to learn the guitar? This is a gift you can take to your grave. What's your problem? I didn't know I had a problem. You're teaching guitar online, love. What are you hoping to get out of this? I thought this guitar might make me something I'm cool. I'll be back in an hour. I don't care. How annoying is he? Very annoying. What is that? Shh. Jesus Christ, it's like a club in here. Turn it down a second. Was that yours? How did you make that? It sounded epic. Well, on, Joseph, girl. I can't tell you what a thrill it is to chat with you and uh, to talk about one of my favorite movies of the year. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Good to talk to you. You as well. Uh, so you made music over the years and projects driven by music that it almost feels like you've been in a musical before. But this is your first one. Uh, what made this be the one that you signed on for? You're absolutely right. It is my first one. And I'm a big fan of movie musicals but i actually don't like most <laughs> movie musicals i find uh but john carney the writer and director of this movie flora and son he has a way of making movie musicals where they feel real the, the people feel like human beings and the emotions don't feel contrived the situations don't feel you know phony uh and uh, I've always loved his movies. And so when this script came across my desk, I was just thrilled and dying to do it. And you weren't just in the film. You uh, also co-wrote some of the music. Uh, at what point did you know that was going to happen? At what point did you realize you weren't just going to sing the songs that John and, and Gary Clark gave you, but that you were going to help co-create them? Yeah, it's a funny story. So I, I came to Ireland to make this movie and uh, I think it was maybe the day before we started shooting we had this recording studio time booked so I showed up to the recording studio but hadn't been sent 
any songs. And I was like, what are we recording? Because no one sent me anything to learn or anything. And John said, well, we're going to figure out the song right now. We're going to find it. And I said, what do you mean, find it? <laughs> and, and we ended up writing a song together. John, me, and Eve, and uh, John's writing partner, Gary. The four of us spent the rest of the day creating a song. And, and that's the duet that Eve and I do. Um, the song's called Meet in, the, uh, Meet in the Middle. And yeah, I had no idea I was going to co-write a song. But it's that really shined a light on who John Carney is as an artist. He is a collaborator. He's all about sort of catching lightning in the bottle. And he has this incredible courage to walk into a situation and find it on the day. And, and I feel like that's a big part of why his movies feel so real and organic is because he, he's, not, he's not preconceiving everything down to the last nitpicky detail. He's really bringing his collaborators into the fold and seeing what magic happens in the moment and then figuring out how to quickly capture it. And that's what he does with his dialogue. And that's what we even did with that song. And uh, it can be a little terrifying, to be honest. It's different than how you usually do it. Uh, but it works for him. He, he's really good at that. And uh, I, I was, it was a thrill to get to be a part of it. And uh, a couple days ago, you tweeted out a video of yourself playing that Hoagie Carmichael song. Right. Uh, and th you said that that was the demo that you had sent to John. So obviously collaborative with, with even those moments of, of what moments, you know, what song Jeff would play for Eve. Uh, and you also said that you had some other song options that you sent him. What else was on that list? Oh, um, the song, there was, the other song that I sent him was a version, and this was actually, it wasn't my idea, but uh, was to sing Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone, the Bill Withers song, which is a brilliant song too. And I think though, it was because for the story, the Flora character had to have not heard of the song. She had to not recognize it because she, she mistakes it as a song that Jeff has written. And uh, we just didn't believe that anybody would not know Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone. So we went with the Hoagie Carmichael. <laughs> That's amazing. And it's a beautiful moment. As is the moment when Jeff gives Flora both sides now to listen to. And, mm -hmm. you know, it sort of opens her eyes to what music can do and be. Was there music that's had that effect on you over the years that just sort of like impacted you in a way that you, uh, that you won't forget? So much. Yeah. I mean, almost every day yeah, music plays that part in my life. Uh, this is a, a part of what this movie's about, is music can be seen as something that's sort of more disposable, kind of a, an endless streaming thing. This is true for movies, too. But it doesn't have to be that. If, if you decide to lean into it and care about it, there's such rich reward waiting for you if you care a little bit more than just letting it be kind of... Uh, uh, disposable and uh 
Flora, the character that Eve plays is at the beginning of the movie, she does view music as something that's just like, oh yeah, just whatever, it's a song, whatever, who cares? And and this teacher that I play is like, no, <laughs> there, there's something more to it than that. And I think this speaks to a larger point beyond music or movies or art. It's just life. Life can be, if you take the path of least resistance, disposable. Your life can just kind of get scrolled away. And um, if you dig into it more though, you really try to pay attention and not just do the easy thing, but meet some challenges and, you know, uh, uh, fail sometimes and then overcome that and try again. And if you, if you really dig in, there's, there's such reward. If you ask questions, you don't just take things at face value. Um, and uh, so to me, that's kind of what the movie's about. And uh, I, I love that that John wrote this story that on the one hand is just this really sweet movie you can watch, but on the other hand has has these layers that I think are are really meaningful for our moment in history. Mm. I, I think one of those layers is also what it means to open yourself up as an artist. Mm. And you see Jeff doing that um, uh, kind of in the middle of the film. Uh, it's a moment that I keep thinking about. Uh, you know, Jeff opens up, he plays kind of the earlier version of what Meet in the Middle becomes. Mm-hmm. And and Flora kind of tunes out. She's not really into it. Um, do you still experience moments like that of opening yourself up artistically and uh, being met with a blank stare or not, not being heard or seen? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and that can be painful. And, and I think that scene is sort of painful to watch. Which, and I love that John put that scene in the story. That's not a scene you usually see in movies. You usually see, if you watch like a, a rock star biopic, what you see is the rock star having an epiphany and coming up with a brilliant song and everyone loves it. And off they are to like tour stadiums. But that's not really what the creative process is. The creative process is mostly a bunch of failure and it's hard and it's not like super exciting. Um, it, it requires patience and focus and, and, and courage to sort of take that failure. Um, and uh, so I, I love that. I, I love movies that sort of describe the creative process. Like Barton Fink is another one that I really love. Sorry. That's sort of a throwback at this point, but like it's one of my favorite movies. It's all about what it means to, be creative and, you know, try to write a story. And um, I really love how John constructed this story that shows the creative process and you see this early version that doesn't quite work and then you see two people sort of working on it together and then you get this this beautiful moment, but only later after they've been through these iterations. It's, it's one of my favorite parts of the movie. I'm glad you pointed it out. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about working with Eve because uh, she is just remarkable in this movie she's as well. so good and she yeah so good and and you guys only really share a few scenes together physically uh obviously right. a lot of your guys relationship like this comes through via zoom yeah uh how did you guys develop chemistry even though some of your scenes weren't physically shared together you know i i think it was that songwriting experience that i i just told you about that that was the first day we met we had never met before <laughs> 
And there we were writing music together. That's a very intimate experience. And, and by the way, it, it speaks to what we were just talking about of having to sort of put yourself out there and with the possibility of failing. When you're, when the four of us were sitting there, you know, for eight hours coming up with that song together, everyone threw out different suggestions that were then rejected. That's how it works. Say, how about this? And we're like, mm, no. And that's, that's really intimate. You make yourself very vulnerable when you do that. And so we both were doing that together the, the day we met. And, uh, and I think that bond really led to the chemistry that then you then see in, in the love story in the movie. Well, you've, you've been acting since you were a kid, of course. Are there specific pieces of direction that you've received over the years that just have stuck with you or, or maybe that you still think about as you approach new projects? Yeah, I, there's a story about the first movie I ever did, actually, um, that I like to tell about Robert Redford, who uh, directed this movie, A River Runs Through It. Robert Redford, if you don't know, is a legendary actor and, um, and also a, a brilliant filmmaker and the founder of Sundance. Uh, so in a certain way, like, largely responsible for the existence of independent cinema in the United States. So, really an idol of mine. And he directed uh, my first movie I was ever in when I was 10 called A River Runs Through It. And I, I always remembered this one moment. We were, we were shooting a scene where I had to uh, walk into a room and hit a mark and then do some dialogue. And a mark just means, you know, they put some tape down on the ground where you have to stand. And it, when they set up the camera and they set up the lights and everything, it's all tuned to that piece of tape, that mark that you have to stand on. So if you're not standing on your mark, then everything they're trying to do with the camera and the lights, and everything is off. So I kept walking in to <laughs> the, the scene and not hitting my mark and doing my dialogue not on the mark. And uh, after two or three takes of that, the cinematographer, who by the way, won the Oscar for cinematography that year. The, the cinematographer said to me like, you, you gotta hit your mark. And, uh, you know, reasonably so, of course. I'm 10 years old in this picture, by the way. Uh, and, and so we go to do another take and I'm just like fixated on the mark. And Mr. Redford, I think, could kind of tell this. And he came up to me right before we right before we went and he kind of leans down and he just sort of whispers to me, um, he goes, I never hit my marks. <laughs> Which of course is not entirely true, but the point he was making was like, don't worry about all this other stuff. You focus on being in this moment and because that's what an actor has to do. If you're worried about all the other accoutrement, you, you won't be present and you won't give a honest performance. And, uh, and I just loved that he was able to come and with such a brief, concise, and sort of lighthearted remark, completely take away my, my anxiety and bring me back to the, the centered place where I need, needed to be. Um, yeah. Good old Bob. <laughs> That's beautiful. I, I love that. And obviously... Uh, the, the career that has followed has been phenomenal. Um, 
You know, when people uh, ask me what my favorite movie is, I, I either give them one of two answers because it's, it's an impossible question. I usually say that thing you do is one answer. Hey, I like that. Uh, or I say 500 Days of Summer. Hey. And for me, that's one of those <laughs> moments like you were talking about earlier, one of those movies that for me opened up my eyes to to, to different ways to tell stories and, and what movie can do. So I just, before I let you go, I just uh, had to tell you, thank you for that. Cause it's really made a mark on me. Oh, that means sure. a lot to me. Thank you. Cause art has made marks on me before too. And that's, it's kind of why to do this in a way, you know, it's, I, I always like to take my mind off of the numbers, you know, the box office or the whatever the view count and, uh, and think about those moments where I've been truly impacted by a movie or a song or a book or whatever it is, and and hope to think that maybe some of the work that I do can have that impact on other people. So I really appreciate you telling me that. Thank you. Absolutely. What what's the what's the movie that people most often bring up to you when if you know if they run into you somewhere? <laughs> Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When I lip synced uh, Rhythm Nation by Janet Jackson on Lip Sync Battle, that's that's actually what they, <laughs> they bring up the most. Um, well, 500 Days of Summer is one of them, for sure. Well, <laughs> Joseph, again, thank you so much for your time, and thank you for this film. I really did love it a lot. Thanks so much. Good talking to you. You as well. Why don't you ask her out? Can I try that on? It's too big. That's the look. Yeah, for turtles. She's totally out of my league. Let's write a song. Just to hear your passion. Express yourself. She hated it. Yo, just get out of my way, woman. Gladly! I was 17 with a screaming child on me like... This can't be my story. But without him, I have nothing. We're living a How come the way things are are never enough for you? Playing the guitar, it's so sexy. Okay. Is that why you took it up? Well, let's focus on you. Are you coming on to me? <laughs> well, Eve, I can't tell you how much a pleasure it is to chat with you today. I absolutely love Flora and Son. Uh, so, so thanks for your time. Thank you, Daniel. I'm so excited to talk about it. Are obviously here in the states. John Carney movies are are beloved. We love John Carney movies. Uh, are are most of them are set in Ireland, of course. Mm-hmm. Do does Ireland love his movies as much as we do here? Absolutely, we're so proud of him. He's like our little national treasure. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. And when you're reading for the lead in a John Carney film you know there's going to be some music. There's going to be some singing here. Uh, but I understand the singing part had you had you a bit worried before you signed on so I tell don't, me about how you landed there. I don't like it I don't want to do it it's not for me it's not my life um but yeah the, yeah my agent was like you got to read John Carney's new script and I was like oh no doesn't that like doesn't he sing in his movies like there's all this music stuff um and then I read it and I was like probably like 
30 pages in, there was no singing. And I was like, oh, this is great. Maybe it's just about the guitar. And then, of course, there's all this singing going on. But I, I loved the character so much. And I just felt, you know, those rare moments that you have where you read a script and you're like, this is it. This is my part. This has to be my part. So I pitched myself to him basically like, I'm not Mariah Carey, <laughs> you know, it's, that's not what you're going to get, but I can sort of express to you, I can give you, I can give you a, a voice that's trying to say something that's truthful and comes from an honest place. And I can carry a tune, but I just, I'm not going to be able to do those like, you know, songbird runs if you're looking for that. And, and I also said, I think it would be strange if this character had never sang before and all of a sudden she's Beyonce. You know what I mean? That's just silly and it's going to take you out of it. And he was like, absolutely. I'm not looking for that. I'm not looking for, you know, a star is born. I'm looking for this story to be about real people and how music can just simply change people's lives. And it doesn't mean that they have to, you know, win American Idol at the end of it. <laughs> did, did you actually do a singing audition or nope. or did he just take you at your word <laughs> he, he actually crazily he just took my word for it and I think I had sang for something else in an audition and I think my agent might have slipped that to him so at least he knew um which also wasn't terrible uh but the first time I sang in front of him and it, really anybody aside from my singing teacher was the first day we went in to write the songs with the first day I met Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So it was a little bit daunting and he kind of got the guitar and he was like, and, and I, oh no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and he was like, come on. And so I just sort of got over it by that point. Yeah. What was that process like of, of discovering, yes, you're singing in the film and you're not just singing songs that John and, and Gary Clark are going to give you, but you're also going to help create them. What was that? What was that like? That was not what they had sort of pitched to me. I mean, I thought I was coming on to do this thing and all the songs would be written way in advance and I'd have a lot of time to prepare. And by the time we got to shooting, we still didn't have any songs. And I'm starting to freak out going, but you don't understand. I've never sang before. I need to, I need to practice. And he was like, yeah, well, you know, what we're going to do is we'll go in on Saturday to the studio and you can bring in some lyrics and it's your character. You write from your perspective and we'll bring in our, our lyrics and our ideas and our melodies and we'll just jam and we'll try and come up with something. And so the first day we did that, I met Joe and in about six hours we wrote meet in the middle. And it was like one of those things, I guess, when you have chemistry with people, it just, clicks and it and it works and we wrote the song and then I was like okay so now I can go home and practice this for about a week and he goes yeah 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 you could do that or just go go in the booth and just put it down as a demo if we don't like it we'll re-record it and I was like okay so he throws me in there and we we recorded it and that's and that's the tune it really that's all, you recorded it that day yeah all in a day's work wow yeah and then that's we amazing. shot it actually like the following Tuesday or something. I mean, it was really rapid, really spontaneous, but that's what kind of was exciting about it. It's amazing. And I was just talking to, to Joseph and I was asking him about how you two 
developed chemistry together, especially when a handful of your scenes are not together, you know, you're via Zoom. And he talked about how that songwriting process really was that spark of chemistry for the two of you. Was Absolutely. It, uh, I mean, it was such a great sort of baptism of fire for us to like be like, hey, hi, nice to meet you. And now we have to sing in front of each other. And now we have to write for each other. And and I remember going into the booth and looking at him being like, I'm so scared. He was like, I'm so sick. I'm so scared too. Like, you know, so it was a good, it was a good bonding session. And then when we got to do all those Zoom scenes, he was so great because he's just such a veteran actor. And I was really struggling with, we had to have these in-ears in and it was technical and he's on one side of the set, I'm on the other, we're on Zoom. And he really guided me through it and helped me sort of find my pace. And then by the time we were done with our first scene, we were we were in it. Amazing. Yeah. Well, how did you develop sort of the, the mother-son relationship with Oren, how did that uh, come to be? So easy because he's just so gorgeous and so open. And this was his first film and watching him have that experience was, I think for everybody on the crew, very special. It was almost like we were all reliving the reason why we love movie making. And he was just like devastated when he had, when he was wrapped, he never wanted to go home. He wanted to live there and everything was new for him. And yeah, when you work with someone like that, and it's always a little bit daunting, you have to create a family relationship and so much history, but because he was so invested and, and open, it just, I just completely embraced that. And uh, we just bonded. I mean, we were a lot of big scenes we have to do together. And he's a good kid to hang out with. He's funny. He's smart. So we just really got on. Well, one of my favorite things about Flora and Son are, are just some of the faces that you make throughout this movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like when when Max, you're trying to help Max out and talking to the girl that he likes. You have this look on your face that's just a little disgusted <laughs> and a little don't want to be there. Uh, how much of those moments... Uh, did you just sort of feel out or did you kind of know what you were going to do in, uh, beforehand? I felt it out, but I did have this weird idea in my head that Flora was an ostrich. <laughs> you know, the way some people like they do animal work or whatever. And it's not something that I do a lot, but I just had this image in my mind that she was an ostrich. I think I'd been watching a lot of David Attenborough documentaries or something. And it sort of came to me. So those looks that I kind of give, those clocks of the head and the pouting and all sort of come a little bit from that family. But I also, uh, people who've seen the movie have said to me, oh, I see your mom there. I see those looks that you give to him, that's your mom. And I think I learned a lot of the way that she looks at me when she's disappointed and when she's proud and all of, I kind of, you know, peppered that in. Well, there's a, a beautiful moment in the film when Jeff gives um, gives Flora both sides now to listen to. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of this kind of revelation moment of what music can do, what it can be. Uh, what are, Have you had moments like that throughout your life of just kind of music impacting you in a way that you won't forget? Absolutely. And especially weirdly with acting. I've I find music sometimes helps me find a character or a scene. If I can't figure it out, I'll be listening to an album or a lyric in a song or a melody. 
And all of a sudden I'll understand the scene or I'll understand the character or it'll be like a memory that I create from that song for the character. So it's actually a big part of my sort of acting work. Um, so it was nice to to really bond it in, in this film in a big way. Mm. I, I was talking to John and, and I was asking him about, you know, Flora does some pretty unlikable things, especially towards the beginning, cussing out her son, things like that. Yeah. Um, how I, I was wondering how difficult it was to balance those moments without losing the audience, which you, you don't. But mm. how much did you think through that in your performance? I didn't actually think it would be too much of an issue, but I know that our producers were concerned that she was going to come across, you know, too tough and audiences wouldn't like her if she was too hard on her son. But I'm kind of all for characters being completely flawed and, you know, unlikable at times. And then they weirdly earn back your your trust. And, and I, I really like taking an audience on a journey that way. So I wasn't too concerned, but it was a conversation that was being had. Hmm. And what sort of uh, direction did you get from John? Is there a specific moment of direction that really helped you through this process on Flora and Son? There was so much. I mean, it, the great thing about John is that we very much connected. We have the same taste we have the same sense of humor and, you know, it's rare when you get a director like that where you kind of speak the same language and um, every day we would come in and go, I don't know, is it is it a sad scene or is it a funny scene? Let's try it both ways, you know, and we would sort of come in and try and surprise each other and he would come in with a note and then I'd say, oh, what about this? And you just... Oh, that feeling of of working with someone where you really connect, it's amazing, uh, particularly on a movie like this with comedy because there's so much to try and there's so much of like embarrassing yourself and trying something where it's not funny. And I felt in a very sort of safe place with him that I could do anything and it would be fine. Mm. What was your favorite musical moment to film on set? I Probably the rooftop. I think that was... That was funny because we got there and John was like, so I've got this crazy idea and it's really cheesy. And I have this thing, you know, but what if it's kind of like he comes out and he walks up the steps and he's there on the rooftop and he's singing to you. And we were both kind of like, oh, I don't know. Like, is that too cheesy? And then he was like starting to reference guys and dolls. And he was saying, you know, like, we've got to play it like this, almost like Flora's reluctant to be there. She thinks it's cheesy. He doesn't think it's cheesy. He's kind of egging her on and she's going, no, no, no. I don't want to be any a part of this. And I think that actually really worked for the scene. It sort of created this dynamic between them that, um, you know, you can really see their romance sort of blossom. There's also a moment on that rooftop now, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but there is there is an insult to A Star is Born in there. <laughs> By the uh, way, I love A Star is Born. I love that movie. <laughs> okay, so that's what I was going to ask you about. That, 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 you're not a part of that moment of insulting the movie? No, I love that. I love that movie. I love that movie. Um, but yeah, I know. I like when Flora's like, oh, look at A Star is Born or whatever. And he's like, no. <laughs> yeah. 
that's but that, that scene was beautiful. I mean, the, the do you see the moon in that scene? Like, that looks CGI'd, but it wasn't. That's was just like... Really? I swear to God, that's just what it looked like that night. <laughs> it's crazy. That's beautiful. Um, well, Eve, you've got so many uh, great projects coming up. I, are you filming Bad Sisters Season 2 right now? Absolutely. Does it start back up? Yep. Amazing. Uh, and we're also chatting just a few days after Nia DaCosta's The Marvels just premiered. Yes. And I understand you're going to be in her next project. Is yes, that right? Yes, hope so. I mean, strike wise, yes, hope so. Yeah, we were supposed to shoot it over the summer and then it got shut down. So now it's sort of a waiting game of, of when we can go. Amazing. Is there anything you can tell me about that project? No. <laughs> 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 okay, fair enough, fair enough. I'm not allowed. <laughs> yeah. All good, all good. Um, well, before I let you go, uh, I'm, I'm actually based in Las Vegas. And, um, oh, great. I saw, I saw that you came and checked out the U2 show at The Sphere. What was what was your experience like with that show? So much fun. I, I, I wasn't interested. I was like such a, you know, typical daughter. I was like, what, A Sphere? Like, what are you doing? For like a year, he was talking about it. And then when I saw the videos from the first show, I was like... I must go to the sphere. <laughs> and I went and it was just fantastic. So much fun. Well, Eve, again, thank you so much for your time. I truly, truly love this movie. So it's such a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much. Take care. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Daniel Howitt's interviews with the two stars from the film Floor and Son, Eve Houston and Joseph Gordon-Levitt here on the next Best Picture podcast. Thorin Sun is up for your consideration for this year's Academy Awards in all eligible categories, including Best Original Song. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.